Good morning, everybody. I'm Eureka John, and you're at Eureka Street Crypto, broadcasting from Leander, Texas. It is 6.35 in the morning, June 27th, 2022, and this is episode number 470 on a Tuesday. All right, so um, we got Monday out of the way and over with, and... um, We're headed on down into the week, and we'll see what this week brings. Every single day and every single week in this crypto market is an entirely new day. It's like Groundhog Day. It's like the same but different. You know, you can decide whatever else you're going to do and what next steps you'll take um, to try to refine your experience in this crypto space. This is my morning video blog, my brain dump of my ideas and my Web3 thoughts and the news that I that I try to keep up with, although it's impossible in the Web3 space, to, in the crypto space, to try to keep up with all the current events. And um, this is my sandbox for me to be able to play with my audiovisual toys and, and things and techniques that I learn in, in, in broadcasting and stuff like that. <clears throat> and this is my message in a bottle to all the community out there in the Web3 space and uh, just people in general who like my content and want to learn. Uh, I love feedback. I love thumbs ups um, because that helps, I guess, the YouTube algorithm and all that. Uh, Give me a subscription. I'm getting really close to a thousand subscribers. Um, And it may not seem like much to you. I know all these, you know, young little YouTuber guys and girls, you know, have like a hundred thousand followers, you know, a million followers. But hey, man, I'll take a thousand followers, you know, like for somebody that actually wants to sit around and listen to my crap, you know, for, uh, you know, a few minutes in the morning and just helps me to process my thoughts. Anyway. So let's move on over here to the old coin gecko screen and see what the market looks like. Uh, okay, so let me just hit the old refresh button and see if anything's changed in the last five minutes. And you never know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it is the crypto market. You know? uh, yeah, actually, Bitcoin's gone up by forty dollars. Oh, uh, just dropped <laughs> by another twenty dollars or so. <laughs> okay, so Bitcoin's at twenty-one thousand and twenty-eight dollars and sixty-five cents. Um, up 2% in the past seven days. Uh, Ethereum is at $1,226.61, up 8.4% in the past seven days. And then we have Tether and USD right there at a dollar. BNB at $239.13, up 10.1% in the past week. And uh, Binance USD right at a dollar, right where it should be. Uh, XRP, 34 cents, up 7.9%. Cardano down at 49 cents, um, <clears throat> staying flat, down 0.1%. Solana, 39.48, up 11.3% in the past week. The Dage, uh, seven, seven cents um, at an up 19.5%. Um, and, and let's see, I wonder if Elon Musk has tweeted about Doge, Doge lately. And yesterday I talked about Polkadot some. I finally got around and got off my butt and tried to figure out what Polkadot's about. And uh, it's a pretty interesting project, although I think it's pretty centralized. You know, so... Um, but, um, you know, that's just my opinion, man. Um, so Shiba Inu, who knows what number that is, 0.00001095, up 34.3%. Um, I'm not into those types of tokens anyway. Um, and then we have, um, 
Bancor network kind of going through some kind of crisis right now. Could it be a liquidity price crisis? I don't know, but Bancor, um, it looks like it's fall, falling. They've closed off their impermanent loss um, uh, function. And that's one of the, the key things about Bancor right now is the whole, uh, about that. that's one of the key characteristics about Bancor is their impermanent loss function. So uh, let's see here, what's going on with Bancor? One of deep, one of the biggest DeFi protocols on the market, and Bancor is uh, one of the original DEXs. It wasn't Uniswap, by the way. It was Bancor um, that was one of the first decentralized exchanges um, and uh, one of the first places where you could trade and swap um, different tokens. And and uh, I, they, they actually, let's see here. In this book, uh, The Infinite Machine, they actually talk about Bancor for a little bit. And, you know, it's, it's part of the whole history of Ethereum. I mean, Bancor has been around for, for quite a while. Um, it's well established. So it's not a fly by night operation. Um, and I have some funds on Bancor, which sucks right now. Um, but um, these guys have been around for a while. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, so. Yeah, but um, some people are calling Bancor a shell game. The whole idea of they do single-sided liquidity. And what impermanent loss is, is whenever you have an automated market maker, which is what a DEX is, um, basically any user, anybody, anybody in the world can uh, contribute, like say, for instance, 50% Ethereum and 50% USDC tokens pegged to a dollar. And uh, you can supply the liquidity in that, that uh, market, 50% and 50% for people to be able to go in and somebody say, hey, I have Ethereum, but I need to trade that out for USDC. Well, that liquidity is there in that pool that random people like you and I have supplied to. And uh, so that's there. They don't have to go searching for somebody else with enough USDC to be able to swap and to match make and all that stuff, which is what an order book type of exchange does, the traditional exchange. And so that liquidity is there um, and uh, you can swap out what you need. And then there's a little transaction fee and to the people that provided that liquidity, the 50% ETH and 50% USDC in this case, um, they receive their proportional percentage of that of that uh, transaction fee. So if you, you know, if you're only providing a little bit of liquidity, you'll probably get like, you know, what's amounts to basically dust, you know, as far as a percentage of that liquidity pool. Or if you're providing to some, some weird token pair, you know, like, I don't know, like, uh, the gala the gala token which is like a metaverse type of token and uh i don't know let's say sushi you know so sushi and gala token that's kind of a weird token pair and not many people would be providing liquidity for that so you would have a large percentage of that liquidity pool so people going and trading that um you could possibly make a decent um income you know incoming uh, revenue from that type of liquidity pool but the risks of that are really high because you have two volatile tokens and so when one token loses a lot of value then um it has to compensate you know by filling it up with the other token value i guess and explain this horribly but as a result you suffer a loss and um, but that loss is not permanent. It can correct itself when the tokens start to revalue or balance back. 
Um, but uh, uh, for the time being, if you don't pull out, that loss is impermanent. But if you pull out of that liquidity pool and you pull your money out, that loss becomes permanent and it can suck. You know, So what Bancor has done is they've found a way to uh, provide impermanent loss protection. So when one token loses a bunch of value, they basically add in their BNT token to balance out that uh, that loss, you know, a, a value of that of one of the tokens. So um, that's been kind of a unique feature of Bancor, um, and they've had really high rewards for people that provide liquidity on their exchange, uh, on their decks, their decentralized exchange. And I've used Bancor, and it's a it's a good swap platform, you know, like Uniswap, like uh, you know, a lot of these other decentralized exchanges. You know, One Inch is an aggregator, but like Sushi Swap, and uh, so yeah. <laughs> um, Anyway, now Bancor is having issues. You know, a lot of people have um, like Celsius and Three Arrows Capital. They were both using Bancor to get yield, and uh, a large. Uh, so what was what Celsius was doing is like fractional reserve banking, basically. So if you deposit, say for instance, a hundred dollars into a fractional reserve bank, they can take ninety dollars, up to nine tenths of your deposit and go around and play with it in the casino, you know, and, and they, they can try to get higher interest and then they come back to you and the banks promise you 0.05% and they're making like 10% off of your dollars, you know, they get a, a healthy return. Well, the promise and the, the allure and the attraction of these centralized finance platforms like Celsius, Nexo, and BlockFi is that they're offering you like 4 to 10% or something like that, depending on which token you deposit and lock up. And um, so they will lock up your tokens and you'll deposit your token in there and then they, they can... They can take your money and go leverage it out on platforms like this, like Bancor was one of them, where they would earn a high yield and then they would give you your 4% and then they'd be earning 12% and then they could earn 8% basically off of your money. And it works, you know, that, that's called rehypothecation and I covered that in a few episodes back, the meaning of that. And that rehypothecation works, meaning them investing your money into something else um, to earn a higher yield, it works as long as the market's going good. But uh, when the market's going bad and people are starting to pull out all their money um, and, and Celsius has to pay people back, you know, so people are pulling their money out of Celsius. Celsius is having to pay people back and uh, they don't have the money to do so. So they're pulling all their money out of Bancor and Bancor is having to to refill their tanks with their 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 BNT token and everything starts in a death spiral. So we'll get into the details of that. I just kind of wanted to give a little background of what single-sided liquidity was and that type of stuff. So Bancor, a decentralized automated market maker and exchange has temporarily paused its impermanent loss protection feature to protect the protocol and its users from manipulative behavior, in quotes. In an announcement published on June 19th, Bancor said that it was confident the measures will secure 
secure the protocol while it works on introducing better protections. Um, however, the announcement was quickly followed by rumors that a possible solvency crisis that Bancor was framed as a user safety precaution, in quotes, still hurting from the Terra Luna fallout and the ongoing crisis with Celsius, not to mention the Three Arrows Capital's um, hedge fund crisis too. Um, all that's going has is crashing. Uh, the crypto industry is rife with speculation about how Bancor will solve its liquidity issues. Okay, so CryptoSlate talked with Bancor team about the truthfulness of these claims, the events that led to their decision to pause in permanent loss protection, and the steps they were taking to prevent similar issues in the future. So uh, Bancor is trying to prevent blowback from the Celsius crisis. And the Celsius, I mean, Celsius has been kind of a pillar in this crypto industry. Um, so them falling out along with Terra and then Three Arrows Capital, I mean, those are three solid pillars, you know? Um, so on June 19th, Bancor announced that it will temporarily pause its impermanent loss protection feature, that single-sided liquidity. Um, trading will remain active on all liquidity pools on the network and users who remain in the protocol will continue earning yield. Um, so I do have some funds in Bancor. It is, I can't withdraw my funds. I tried yesterday. Um, I, I wasn't going to, but I wanted to see if I could and I couldn't. So, but I mean, I guess I'm still earning interest, you know. So once impermanent loss is reactivated, they will be able to withdraw their fully protected value. While withdrawals from the protocol haven't been affected, Bancor said that it paused and paused new deposits into its liquidity pools to prevent confusion. Um, so yeah, they don't want more people putting more money in uh, and then you know not being able to back that up. According to the company's blog post, Bancor has registered anomalies in its data and has reasons to believe they're a result of manipulative behavior. Therefore, they say, therefore, we're taking bold measures to protect the protocol by temporarily suspending illiquid, uh, impermanent loss protection and other steps to limit further exposure. Okay, so... Um, uh, so, however, rumors about a possible liquidity crisis at Bancor spread like wildfire soon after the announcement. The platform is accused of buying time to figure out how to remain solvent after incurring losses on its native BNT token and downplaying the severity of the issue. So, yeah, um, the, uh, right now... Uh, uh, Celsius is pulling money out of was pulling money out of Bancor, and then you had somebody else shorting, which means selling the uh, the BNT token, some unknown actor. And we've seen this on like all these different platforms and and dexes and stuff like that, and and you know, in in Celsius and and uh, Terra Luna, and now in Bancor, just the, this. These shadowy figures, and I hate to, to use Elizabeth Warren's word, <laughs> shadowy super coder. No, these shadowy investor type of people now, not shadowy super coders. And so Elizabeth Warren was talking about these shadowy super coders in the crypto space. Well, I'm talking about these shadowy investor types that are maybe like these uh, government actors. If I'm going to put on my conspiracy hat here for a second, you know, like these these uh, Goldman Sachs types of figures right now who seem to be trying to crash Coinbase as well, you know? So what happens whenever they can, they get to crash it all, they can buy it all up, you know? And then, you know, say for instance, Goldman Sachs crashes Coinbase and then Coin then they come in and buy Coinbase, you know, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, that's a whole other story. But I mean, there's been a lot of these these uh, shadowy figures coming in and shorting a lot of these protocols and uh, causing and triggering these death spirals. Who are these shadowy shorting figures? I don't know. 
Um, but anyway, they seem to be popping up everywhere, like, you know, these shadowy figures that are suddenly causing fires and all these food processing plants all over the all over the United States. You know, <laughs> this is like a lot of this stuff is happening, you know, these 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 shadowy saboteurs, you know, and uh, I well, I am a conspiracy theorist, you know, I mean, <laughs> I love that stuff. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to try to, you know, disguise the fact that I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat because I do have a tinfoil hat, I have a permanent tinfoil hat on my head, you know, and I love it and I'm proud of it. Um, I'm skeptical of everything, you know, I'm skeptical. I always believe that there's some bad intentioned actors that do not like good in society and sovereignty and independence of the average person and uh, they will try to sabotage it at any moment so yes um anyway that being said some believe okay so uh kobe he's he's a pretty prominent uh person on twitter says what's the point of impermanent loss protection if it just disappears when you need it most when you most need it right yeah good point kobe uh, some even believe that bank wars is bound to end up in a death spiral as its impermanent loss mechanism compensates liquidity providers by minting new bnt transferring the cost of bnt holders through inflation so here's that death spiral I was talking about. So um, Hasu, another prominent um, Twitter person and um, one of the main people at Flashbots, says Bancor's shell game of impermanent loss is hiding is collapsing. So they're saying that this whole single-sided liquidity and this impermanent loss insurance is just a shell game. Uh, basically, they're just printing out of thin air new BNT tokens to compensate and to kind of put off the impermanent loss for a little while until the market kind of corrects itself. However, in this case, the market's not really correcting itself at this point, at this moment. So Bancor's shell game of impermanent loss hiding is collapsing. They print new BNT to compensate underwater liquidity pools and call it impermanent loss protection in quotes uh, the cost is transferred to bnt holders via inflation which causes further impermanent loss to all other bnt pairs and leads to further inflation a death spiral um yeah and then uh, uh, he was responding to his own tweet he's saying except bancor doesn't actually reduce impermanent loss in any way like sushi they just throw more incentives at the problem to compensate liquidity pools this strategy will always collapse at scale so it's kind of like ponzinomics you know uh, Bank bancor um provided this impermanent loss to attract people to its it, it, to its liquidity pools and then um, whenever something was happening, all they would do was kick up the rewards to attract more people to bring in to perpetuate this these and keep these liquidity pools propped up by more people and putting in their money. Yeah, I mean that's kind of Ponzi-nomics, you know. So Bancor confirmed rumors that recent Celsius that the recent Celsius crisis was at least partially responsible for the issues with the impermanent loss on the platform. The company said that the cost of providing BNT rewards to liquidity providers has been amplified by the recent insolvency of two large centralized entities, which many believe refers to Celsius and Three Arrows Capital. Um, so these two entities were key beneficiaries of BNT liquidity mining rewards, having been longtime liquidity providers in Bancor. So um, Three Euros Capital and Celsius, like I said before, were rehypothecating the deposits into their funds, into their platforms, and then they were getting the large interest rates that were coming from the, the Bancor um, liquidity mining rewards. So that's what they were doing 
um, you know, uh, uh, allegedly, I guess, <laughs> that's what they were doing with the money that you deposit on Celsius. I had some money on Celsius. So they were taking my money, giving me my four to 8% you know, weekly rewards on Celsius. And they were taking it, my money and they were going to Bancor and they were providing liquidity on Bancor and receiving like, you know, they, I mean, Bancor rewards were going up to fifty percent, you know, of of interest. And some of them, some of these liquidity pools were really high, and so and the re, when you accounted for the rewards, so yeah, they were making a healthy profit off of my money, and they were giving me my four to eight percent. But I wasn't complaining because it all seemed pretty stable while the market was going good. Anyway, to cover their liabilities, these entities have unexpectedly liquidated their BNT positions. So. They started in their own death spirals, uh, three arrows capital and Celsius. So they had to cover their liabilities, which means liabilities of people pulling out of their money out of Celsius and three arrows capital. So they had to pay these people back. So they were pulling the money out of Bancor and then Bancor is suddenly like, oh crap. So to cover their liabilities, these, these entities have unexpectedly liquidated their BNT positions, their Bancor token positions and withdrawn large sums of liquidity from the system. At that same time, an unknown entity, the shadowy figure that I was talking about earlier, had opened large short positions on BNT, Bancor explained in the post. And that short position will drive the price of Bancor down if that unknown entity is large enough. You know, is, 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 is that unknown entity sounds like a whale. Somebody that could open a large short position on BNT enough to affect the price is a whale. And whoever this unknown entity, whether it be some kind of malicious actor, um, they wanted to. They saw what was happening with Celsius and Three Rose Capital, and then bank, and then going to Bancor and pulling out theirs. So they're like, mm, now would be a good time to short that token. And uh, yeah, you know. So while this would be a manageable issue for a protocol with diversified liquidity pools. This is a serious risk for Bancor as all the liquidity pairs on the protocol are against this native BNT. So that's a risk factor of you know that single-sided liquidity and Bancor token being the only other token that is on the other side of those liquidity pools. Like I said, you know, before 50% one token, 50% another token in a normal liquidity pool. But whenever one side of that is only Bancor, uh, that's kind of an issue. So the decision to keep trading open while halting to Deposits was also heavily scrutinized. Some critics say that this enables BNT holders to dump the tokens, causing an even bigger discrepancy in the liquidity pools that now have no impermanent loss protection. So, yeah, the very feature that uh, attracted people to Bancor, the single-sided liquidity, which is why I put my stuff in there as well, and of course, the high rewards as well for putting my money in there, um, is now being is halted for the time being. So the Bancor team was quick to respond to the controversy surrounding its decision to pause and permanent loss protection. Uh, the the head of the protocol's head of growth, Nate Hinman, said the announcement had no intention of downplaying the severity of the Bancor uh, situation Bancor faced. Um, so let's see here. Uh, Mark Richardson, the product architect and head of research, discussed the implications at length in a Twitter AMA. Richardson said that the decision to keep trading open was a practical one as reactivating 
Ill, uh, impermanent loss protection would require rebalancing over 150 liquidity pools. Halting new deposits, however, was an ethical decision. Richardson said that it wouldn't be fair to accept new liquidity from users while the situation remains uns unresolved. And that makes sense, I guess. You know, maybe he's a wordsmith, you know, and knows how to spin a situation. Or maybe he's just telling the truth. And, that, you know, I mean, that sound, it makes sense. It does sound like kind of like an ethical decision. Um, but, you know, some people are not. Not so uh, sympathetic like Kobe up here that I was talking about, talking about it being a shell game and them trying to scramble around and figure out what to do and buying time. So um, Nate Hinman, the chief growth of officer at Bancor, told CryptoSlate, um, there's no room for speculation about Bancor's solvency. Everything is on chain. You can see how much the protocol needs to pay out and in permanent loss insurance. We're not a centralized protocol where it is a black box and an individual can take risks with user funds. Well, I mean, they are somewhat centralized. They can shut off in permanent loss. I mean, that's a centralized control right there. But uh, there are varying degrees of decentralization. You know, not all decentralization is just some autonomous machine on the web um, of, you know, just everybody just giving up their keys and access and control of things. I mean, there are some protocols that are like that. But uh, uh, anyway, this transparency, uh, Nate goes on to say, this transparency into exactly how much impermanent loss insurance is owed is what helped us quickly identify the situation and take emergency action afforded by the DAO to pause the insurance feature on withdrawals. Okay, so they were able, because of the fact that everything's online and it's not like celsius you know or three arrows capital we didn't know what they did with their funds we still don't know completely what they do everything's done behind closed doors on those centralized finance platforms Bancor, like Uniswap, is a DEX, a decentralized exchange. Everything that they do is on chain. All you have to do is go to Etherscan and take a look. So, and uh, so that's that's kind of what they're saying is help them to quickly identify the situation and take emergency action. Um, and they are run by a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization. I have voted because uh, whenever you deposit to the liquidity pools you receive the vbnt token which is a governance token to where you can officially after that vote on the protocols and i've voted on some of these bancor protocols yes i've been an active voter active voter in the bank bancor uh dow so when it comes to accusations about the sustainability of bancor's impermanent loss protection mechanisms, Hinman said there's a lot of confusion surrounding its insurance model. He says, some people think we compensate for impermanent loss by printing more BNT. And that's exactly the accusation Kobe up here was saying, um, you know, that they're just kind of just uh, doing the shell game or Hasu, I'm sorry. This is what Hasu was saying. Bancor's shell game of impermanent loss hiding is collapsing. They print new BNT to compensate underwater liquidity pools and call it impermanent loss protection. The cost is transferred to BNT holders via inflation, which causes further impermanent loss to all other BNT pairs and leads to further inflation, a death spiral. And so, yeah, um, here is Nate Hinman responding to that to Hasu's tweet. Some people think we compensate for impermanent loss just by printing more BNT. That's not quite true. In reality, Bancor offers its liquidity providers impermanent loss insurance in return for a proportion of the trading fees earned on the platform. So what they will do if there's major impermanent loss in order to correct that, 
they will use the fees. So let's see here. The protocol has two ways of generating these fees. Okay, so the first being Bancor's protocol-owned liquidity. Bancor stakes the BNT in its pools and uses the fees earned from staking to compensate users for any impermanent loss they incur, right? Okay, so uh, whenever there's impermanent loss, you get a pump of BNT tokens, you know, so it's coming your way. So the second way of generating fees is through a protocol-wide fee that confiscates 15% of all trade revenue on the network and uses the fees to buy and burn the VBNT, that governance token I was just talking about. So um, whenever we have a major impermanent loss situation like we have going on right now, um, they do a protocol-wide uh, fee that confiscates 15% of all trade revenue on the network. And they use that to buy and then burn that VBNT token that you get as a representative of your share um, in the liquidity pools. So the decision to pause withdrawals was a result of a perfect storm of macro events that culminated with a rapid dumping of BNT liquidity mining rewards that were excessively issued over a period of 18 months. So they are admitting that they did make the rewards a little too high in order to try to attract you know, a, a large amount of people to its platform to try to prop it up. You know? um, so they did, they did admit that they excessively issued those rewards. Um, Hinman said that Bancor decided to prevent a handful of large players from dumping their stockpiles of BNT rewards and withdrawing the large liquidity stakes to protect individual users of the protocol. Uh, so in quotes here, they, they, they quote it, excessive spending on BNT liquidity mining rewards during the lifetime of Bancor version 2.1 put massive stress on illiquidity, uh, impermanent loss protection amid a permanent amid a perfect storm of macro events. That was the original sin, overspending on liquidity mining rewards. So Nate Hinman admits that, that they overspent on those LP rewards. Um, so yeah, that's basically what's going on is uh, they they cranked up their rewards so high um, and uh, they, they overspent on that. And then whenever they did have a call and a run on, on their, their platform by large actors like Celsius and Three Arrows Capital and this shadowy figure that shorted a bunch of BNT tokens, then they had no way to replace those fairly. And uh, so they got themselves in a little pickle, didn't they? Ah, man, man, the crypto space, you know, I was going to talk about the difference between Web3 and Web3.0 and the semantic web this morning, but uh, I ended up getting sidetracked because this is kind of a big story for me because I have money in Bancor and uh, not a whole lot. It's not going to like, you know, kill me, but it just sucks. You know, it's just like the one more, you know, issue, you know, just like, <laughs> but, you know, that's why I'm in this space, you know. Uh, here's Hasu's tweet. You know, I, I have it pulled up. Um, he says, you can clearly see in the price performance of these DEX tokens, Uniswap's down 20%, Sushi's down 20%, BNT's down 61%. <laughs> so now Bancorp pulling the plug to stop the bleeding didn't even take three weeks for my prediction to play, to, to play out. And then, you know, here he's, you know, quotes uh, Kobe. You know, they're all calling out the shell game, the flim flam and all that other stuff and uh, the Ponzi-nomics and, I don't know, man. You know, Bancor has been around for a while. Like I said, it's been around since like the beginning of Ethereum. Um, and uh, there, there's, it's been kind of, 
Bancor has been through a lot of different phases, and um, this is maybe just another phase. You know, I I like Bancor. You know, they're kind of the old G OGs. You know, the old dogs around you know, um, the old guard. Um, so I don't know. We'll we'll see what they what they do. You know, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, I do understand Kobe and Hasu's uh, criticisms, though, and um, yeah. Like I said, man, crypto is an exciting space. It's why I wake up every morning to do this and to talk about this type of stuff. It's just crazy. And it's kind of like watching all the stuff really kind of gives me more of a, a critical eye on a lot of stuff. And, um, you know, like I said, I'm, I always wear my conspiracy hat. You know, I, I you know. There's nothing wrong with that, you know, so <laughs> yeah. be critical of, of things that you're told to not be critical about, you know, be critical of the most established theories and companies and people and uh, governments out there. Always be critical. Look at things with with a discerning eye. So, yeah, yeah. Don't be scared to be called a conspiracy theorist because there are lots of conspiracies out there that uh, are are right now in the works that we don't even know about and uh, that will, you know, the truth always has the light shine on it at some point or another. And the truth always reveals itself no matter what. So, all right. That being said, I will uh, yeah, I'll probably talk to you tomorrow. I got a couple of interviews today for some audiovisual jobs, and uh, we'll see how those pan out. In the meantime, I'm, I'm really enjoying this time to be able to talk to you guys every single day and not have to drive down to an, an eight to five. So, um, yeah, man. Uh, also, I'll, I'll just be thankful at this time I have with my family, um, with my audience here, and and then with my time to do some independent study. Like I'm super thankful that I've had a little bit of savings to lean on and to be able to um, to uh, to ride through this um, little period of, yeah, I guess unemployment for now. All right, so I uh, will talk to you guys later. Thank you for making it to the end of this program. If you actually like this content, give a thumbs up. And if you want to hear more, just hit the subscribe button. I'm available on YouTube, Odyssey, and BitChute, and on all the major podcasting platforms in audio version. Spotify specifically. If you would like to follow and leave a review, that would help a lot. I am also available on Twitter at EurekaJohn1. That's E-U-R-E-K-A John, J-O-H-N, and the number one. My DMs are always open. Feel free to shoot me a message. Thanks again.